church. That was powerful. Um, this morning we are going to be continuing with that theme of what seems like unanswered prayers, what seems like prayers that are lifted up that maybe fall on deaf ears or prayers that are lifted up that we don't uh, get a response or we don't receive an answer. It can be extremely frustrating. It can be extremely trying. It can be extremely difficult. Some of the hardest moments in life are when you've prayed hard. You've prayed hard. But the answer was no. And you don't know why. You don't know why. And you may never know why. But you know, that's the litmus test of trust. Do you trust God is for you even when He doesn't give you what you asked for? Man, Kim expressed that pit of hopelessness, that pit of being in that dark place and offering up those sacrifices of praise. Wow, how powerful was that? And in those moments, can you trust God that He is good, He is for you, He's not against you? Can you trust God in those moments? Do you trust that He has reasons beyond your reason? Man, I have ideas. I, I think I know how God should answer my prayers. I have a reason for why He should do X and Y and Z. But do we believe that He has reasons beyond our reason? Do you trust that His plan is better than yours? Deuteronomy 29 and verse 29 tells us that the secret things belong to the Lord our God. Some mysteries that we cannot understand, that we don't fathom, some mysteries won't be revealed until we go into eternity. Until we cross the line of death and we enter into the next reality. And I don't understand why God wouldn't answer my prayers. We may not ever fully understand those mysteries. You know, there, there's times that I don't understand why, why God didn't answer my prayer the way I wanted him to answer it. I don't understand why my friend passed away in the prime of his life. I don't understand why loved ones have lost babies. I don't understand why God hasn't healed Kim of her health issues. I have a lot of unanswered questions, and many of them derive from unanswered prayers. You know, the hardest thing about praying hard is enduring unanswered prayers. Because if you don't guard your heart, which the psalmist David said, guard your heart above all else. Guard your heart. Because if you don't guard your heart, unresolved anger can, can build towards God. You can actually begin to raise a fist towards God, which can undermine your faith. Sometimes your only option is trust. Sometimes that's the only card that you have left to play. But you know what? It's the wild card. If you can trust God when the answer is no, you're likely, much more likely, to give Him praise when the answer is yes. You need to press on. You need to continue on. You need to endure. 
By definition, praying hard is praying when it's hard to pray. And it's the hard times that teach us how to pray. And we learn more lessons through the difficult seasons of life than we do through the the easy seasons, the plush seasons. But if you keep praying through, the peace that transcends understanding will guard your heart. You will have peace. I trust in God. I know who He is. I know He's good. I know He's for me. That peace will transcend. And and it will transcend your understanding. It will guard your heart. And it will bring peace to your mind. Sometimes the answer to our prayers is no. And we'll never understand why. But here's some good news, church. Here's some good news. What we perceive as unanswered prayers are often the greatest answers to our prayers. Thank God for unanswered prayers. Our Heavenly Father is far too wise to let us, uh, to let us have everything we want and everything we ask for. He loves us far too much to give us everything we request. And someday I truly believe that we are going to thank and we are going to praise God for the prayers that He didn't answer. As much, if not more, than the ones He did answer. Our frustration will turn to celebration if we persistently pray through. And it may not make sense. In fact, it may never make sense this side of eternity. But I I have learned an extremely valuable lesson about the God I worship. Sometimes He has to get in the way to show us the way. Sometimes He has to do stuff that just, it shakes us up. Kind of like Kim's response to Chris, you know. It shakes him up. He wasn't expecting that. He does things we don't expect. Sometimes He has to get in the way of our routines, of our busyness, of our, I'm just going full steam ahead and I'm not thinking anything about God and His plan and His purposes. Sometimes He has to get in the way to show us the way. You know, what's really comforting to me is that we serve a God who has walked in our shoes. Jesus Christ Himself lifted up prayers to His Father that were not answered the way He asked them to be answered. They were not answered the way that Jesus deeply hoped that they would be answered. Jesus Himself lifted up prayers to His Father that were not answered like He wanted them to be answered. Three different times Jesus prayed some very intense prayers in the Garden of Gethsemane before He was to redeem humanity before He was going to redeem humanity from the bondage of sin and death, He prayed intense prayers to His Father. Here we see some intensely vulnerable and agonizing moments in the life of Jesus Christ. I want us to look at them. Let's take a look at Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 7. It says, while Jesus was here on earth, He offered prayers and pleadings. He was pleading. And it says, with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. Jesus knew full well what was going to happen. And he was praying, God, if there is any 
other way. Please, God. The end of that verse in verse 7 says, And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. God heard his prayers. He just didn't answer them the way that Jesus had hoped he would answer them. Mark 14, 36, Jesus cried out, Abba, Father, which in our language today would be, Daddy, I have four boys. And if I ever hear them say, Daddy, in a desperate voice, I am ready to fight. I am ready to rescue. I am ready to supply whatever need they have. If they say, Daddy, and I know they're not just being needy little brats, but they're being genuine. I am ready to come to their rescue. Come on, church, picture this with me. Jesus Christ, God's only begotten Son of God, says, Daddy, Daddy, everything is possible for you. You have all power. Everything is possible for you. Please, Daddy, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Gosh. Mark, that was Mark 14, 36. Luke 22, 44. It says, he prayed more fervently and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. I don't know if you've ever prayed in, in such an intense way that your body was just sweating. I mean, you were just worn out. You were exhausted because you were in such agony of spirit. Jesus prayed that his cup of suffering be removed. God, please take this cup from me. Jesus was in agony so much so that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. He prayed fervently. He cried out to his Father. The prayers of Jesus were not answered as he had hoped or how he had asked. But in his prayers in the garden, he, pr- he prayed a very critical statement. We've already sung about it in a couple songs this morning. He said, I want your will to be done, Father, not mine. I want your will to be done. This is what I would prefer. This is truly what I want. This is truly what I'm hoping for. But I want your will to be done. In spite of what he was hoping for, the removal of this cup of suffering, that's what he truly wanted. That's what he was hoping for, was the removal of this cup of suffering. Jesus was still willing to be obedient. Jesus trusted his Father. He knew his Father's will. His Father's glory was of utmost importance. Let me me just take a time out really quick, church. Because I don't want us to just gloss over this and just to play church and like, man, this is a nice little story in the Bible. Because we just heard from Kim how difficult it can be to pray when it seems like our prayers are not being answered or they're not being answered how we had hoped they would be answered. Jesus himself was in great agony. You know, this thing that we call following Jesus, 
It is not easy. It's difficult. It's challenging. It can be extremely hard. The Apostle Paul said, it's a fight. I have fought the good fight. It's a war. But you know what? I find assurance. I find hope in knowing that even Jesus Christ himself was in agony in his prayer life. We serve a God who has walked in our shoes. He's not some distant being up in the cosmos that can't relate to us. He understands us. He knows us. He's been where you've been. We serve a God who has walked in your shoes and He understands what we face and what we go through on a daily basis on this sorry planet. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one, Jesus Christ, who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. He knows. God knows. You can trust Him. You can trust Him. You know, even though Jesus would have preferred to go about redeeming the world in a different way, He trusts His Father and He submits to His Father's will. That is such an an extremely difficult thing for us to do, to submit, to be obedient. But Jesus Christ modeled it for us. He demonstrated it, what it looks like. He submitted and He obeyed His Father's will. Let's look at Jesus' great act of obedience. Jesus said, I want your will to be done, not mine. And what was that will? What was God's will for Jesus Christ? God's will was for Jesus to take the wrath of God's holiness upon himself. You know, there's a great misunderstanding about God. Many people think that God just overlooks sin. That God could care less about people starving to death or people dying in wars or all the injustice on this planet. But on the contrary, church, God hates injustice. He hates sin. He hates murder. He hates lying, adultery, covetousness. God's wrath towards sin had to go somewhere because He is perfectly holy, righteous, and good. His wrath had to go somewhere. And you know what? His wrath should have been poured out upon us. But thank God it wasn't because we would have been crushed. We would have been destroyed forever. His will was for Jesus, who was perfect and sinless, to take the sins of the world, past, present, and future, upon His shoulders. His will was for Jesus to die in our place. A perfect, sinless, spotless lamb was the only thing that would suffice the wrath of God. The wrath had to go somewhere and the wrath was satisfied in Jesus Christ. Jesus was that lamb, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, John the Baptist said. And this meant that Jesus had to face ridiculous amounts of punishment. He had to face a horrifying death. Philippians 2.8 says that He, Jesus Christ, humbled Himself in obedience to God and He died a criminal's death on a cross. Jesus was obedient to death 
which was God's will. That was God's plan to redeem us. God's wrath was satisfied in His Son, Jesus Christ. You know, even though it seems like Jesus' prayers went unanswered, the Father answered His prayers. His answer was no. No, I, I cannot remove this cup of suffering. I cannot do it. He said no because He loved you that much. It's incredible. I can't, man, I can't, I can't comprehend it. Once again, man, with my boys, I, I probably, if I was in that position, I would have crushed the planet and saved my son. But not God the Father. He didn't remove the cup of suffering from Jesus, and I am so thankful that He didn't remove that cup from Jesus because this was God's plan long before this moment had come. This was God's plan to redeem His people, to set His people free from the bondage of sin and to rescue us. I want to just remind you, listen to the prophecy that was written over 600 years before the death of Jesus Christ. Isaiah chapter 53, verses 10 and 11. It says, But it was the Lord's good plan to crush Him and to cause Him grief. Yet when His life is made an offering for sin... He will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life and the Lord's good plan will prosper in His hands. Verse 11. When He sees all that is accomplished by His anguish, He will be satisfied. And because of His experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous. That's us. For He will bear all their sins. Beneath The agony was the hope of future exaltation. Hebrews 12.2 says, For the joy that was set before Him, He, Jesus Christ, endured the cross. He endured it. He went through it because He trusted His Father. He knew His Father's heart. He knew that the the future praise, the future joy was worth it. He knew that you were worth it. He did it for you. Jesus didn't stay dead. Three days later, later He rose again from the grave, conquering death and hell and sin and Satan, allowing all of us who put our faith in Jesus Christ to be forgiven of our sin. You can be set free from the bondage of death. You don't have to be afraid of death. You know, what we perceive as unanswered prayers are often the greatest answers to our prayers. And please hear me, church. I am not saying it's easy. I'm not saying you're not going to have moments of doubt or that you're some super spiritual Christian, you know, like super Christian that's going to just get through it with a great attitude all the time. Gosh, I hope that would be the case, but man... It's difficult, it's hard, it's trying. What we perceive as unanswered prayers are often the greatest answers to our prayers. And sometimes God gets in the way to show us the way. So I just want to close by saying, church, 
trust him. Trust him. No matter what your feelings are telling you, trust him. Trust him. Growing up in my dad's house, that was a saying that I heard often. He said, it's always safe to trust the Lord. It's always safe to trust the Lord. Trust Him. Have faith in His goodness. He knows His plan is better than yours. His reasons are beyond your reason. Trust the fact that He is good. Trust the fact that He is for you. That He's not against you. Trust in His omniscience, which means His all-knowingness. He knows everything. He can see around the corner when you can't. Trust Him. Remember, church, that He's for you. He's not against you. And then move forward in faith. Move forward in confidence, knowing the God that you worship. I want us to have a time of response this morning. I'm going to ask that everybody bow their heads and close their eyes. And man, this was a, an opportunity to, to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, His death, His burial, His resurrection, and what that gospel does for the future of your life. That redemption. And I just don't want to leave this moment without providing an opportunity for some of you to make decisions. We are a church that is not afraid to lead people to decisions. Decisions are critical in your life. You make them every day. And they are extremely critical when it comes to your faith. We wanted to give you an opportunity to make a decision. And so in boldness, in faith, if you have never taken that step to put your faith in Jesus Christ, to say, man... I know it's not going to be easy. I know it's going to be a fight. I know it's going to be a battle. But you know what? Like Peter said, like Kim has already quoted, where else am I going to go? (laughs) Man, this this is the truth. I believe it. If that's you this morning, I just want you to stand up in confidence and boldness. I want you to stand up this morning and say, I want to put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Today, this morning... I am making a declaration, and I could care less what anybody else thinks around me. I am making a declaration that I'm going to follow God with my life. If that's you, I want you to stand up right now, this morning. Chris has already spent time praying for you. If you need prayers and you're struggling in your prayer life, and you've been in that pit, you've been in that darkness, and you're saying, man, I... I need help. I need, I'm losing hope. My faith actually is getting rocked. Maybe you're right in the middle of a faith crisis. This morning, I want you to stand up so I can pray for you. Stand up in faith. Stand up in confidence. Not caring what anybody thinks around you. And lastly, this morning, if you're here this morning and you're just like, man, I'm not in a faith crisis. I'm not in that pit. But I just, I want to make a commitment. You know, I even signed up for the 21 days of prayer. But I honestly haven't really been praying. 
I just, I just want to make a commitment this morning in faith that I just want to pray more. I want to spend more time on my knees. I want to seek after God. And if you want to just make a commitment of prayer this morning, I'm going to ask that you stand up, and then I'm just going to close in prayer and pray for you. There's a few that have stood up, and I appreciate it. Thank you. Let me go to the Lord in prayer, praying for those who have stood. Father God, I come to you, and I'm just reminded of the verse that talks about those who are willing to confess you and willing to declare you before men, you will be willing to declare before your Father. I'm so thankful and grateful for the ones who are standing this morning and they're not afraid to say, man, I need some prayer. I need some encouragement. Lord, for those who are here this morning that have never taken that step of faith, they've never crossed the line of faith, I pray that before they leave here today, they would come and turn to you in faith for salvation, for deliverance. They would put their lives in your hand, Father. I also want to pray for those who are in a faith crisis, for those who are struggling in their prayer life and they're losing hope. Father God, I pray that you would intervene, that you would make yourself known to them, that they would feel your presence, they would know your presence, you would comfort them, but you would show them exactly why and, and what you're doing in their life. to Why you're sending them down this path, Father. Reveal it to them. I pray that they would not lose hope, that they would continue to trust. They would, they would pray through. They would pray through and they wouldn't quit. And Father, for those who are just making a commitment, I need to spend more time on my knees. Gosh, I pray that and this afternoon, this evening, this week, God, they would do just that. They would spend more time on their knees seeking you and, and praying to you, Father. If ever there was a time we need prayer warriors, it's now. I pray that they would rise up and we would see their prayers do great and mighty things in our church and in our community and in this region. Father, we love you and we praise you. All those who are standing, you can be seated. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.